is anyone who went to the Mitchell Nielsen one person field day want to share two or three minutes about it? Don't all jump up here at once. I just, it's always an encouragement. Is Mike coming up here? I tell you what. Okay, it was hot, it was windy. <laughs> but boy, was it great. Um, I appreciate everybody that was there. I didn't see everybody that was there. The only person I saw was John. Um, but boy, these kids are fantastic. And their attitudes were, were just so positive, which is a reflection of all the things that we see when we walk through that school building and pray. Um, it was just a real blessing to be there. Had one, one little guy that stands out in my mind. He came up to me, and he was the question man. He said, you're old, aren't you? <laughs> I said, yeah, you're going to die, aren't you? <laughs> well, yes, we're all going to die sometime, but I'm closer to it probably than you are. So why do you have that hat on your head? I said, well, because there's not enough hair up there. <laughs> well, why do you have a string to hold your hat on? And I said, well, so it doesn't blow off. And then, um, let's see, it was, oh, but, but why do you have that hat on? He didn't like my answer of I didn't have hair. And then I explained, well, it's so I don't get sunburned on my head that's rather thin with hair. And uh, he, was, he would have just kept on and kept on, except it was time for them to go to the next activity. <laughs> but I thought, boy, this, this guy's got questions. And I loved it. And uh, the look on his face, he was just really curious about everything. Now, all the students were wonderful. Um, the little girls can shoot better basketball than the little boys can. Um, that's because the boys would try to take the long shots to prove that they could do it, and they wouldn't even hit the, back, <laughs> the backboard or nothing. And um, the little girls would get up in the closer places, whoosh, swish. But anyway, it was a blessing, and every one of the teachers that I talked with was so thankful that, uh, that we were there to volunteer. Yes, thanks, Mike. Woo, yeah. Mike had a nice hat on, too. I took a picture. If you don't know Mike Randolph, the sun is not getting this guy. It never stood a chance. He's, gonna, he's got sunscreen lotion and everything, don't you, Mike? He's ready to go. That's smart. So, yeah, it was, I like the hat. I thought it was looking good, actually. Oh, that was awesome. That was really, really good. It was really great. Uh, you mentioned the teachers to get to see some teachers, too, and introduce ourselves to the teachers as well as the students. Uh, it was really cool. I think that was one of the... One of the first times as a group we've, well, I guess we interacted with the book thing. So it's the second time that we've been able to kind of go in there and interact with them a little bit. And that was great. And might as well plug that I think it's the 25th for Career Day, which is this next Wednesday. Yep, that's coming up. So when I'm, no matter what your career is, I'm sure they can continue. They would love to have you there and speaking about what you do. So if you want to sign up, we can still sign up for that, right? Turning in names tomorrow. Turning in names tomorrow. 
So if you want to show up, talk to them, let them ask you questions as they ask Mike many questions, uh, sign up. So I'm excited about that. I don't think I've ever done career day before, so this will be a first for me as well. So there you go. All right, if you all want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'll start somewhere else while you're turn, but you'll be ready to go when we get there. So does anyone know what the last fruit of the Spirit is? This is our last week to have a, this as part of the series. Boom. Self-control. There you go. I like that. I saw Anna, Anna's got it. She's like, she was counting them off and nailing it. I love it. Oh, it's a song. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe we should sing that at the end or something like that. So I kind of actually saved this one from last week for a couple reasons. One is actually based on what we talked about last week. Do you all remember what we talked about if you were here? Some of the gifts, we kind of ended on this note of Paul talking about as we gather together the importance, y'all, of us building one another up and was highlighting a couple specific gifts, prophecy and the speaking in tongues and talking about how when we get together, when we're in operating in these gifts, it has to, it must be for the building up of the body. That it's it's that when he talked about speaking in tongues, he said that builds yourself up. Unless someone knows what you're saying and interprets it, you're just kind of sitting there and building up yourself. And that's not a bad thing to build up yourself. But in the gathering, we should be focused on building each other up, right? Greg and I had a conversation what a week or so ago, Greg. When we talked about this idea that a lot of people have when it comes to spiritual gifts like prophecy or speaking in tongues, like God's just going to take your body and just, and you just can't control it. You just can't hold it in. Has anyone ever thought that before? Like, oh my, it's scary, right? Like, oh my gosh, what if God, what if God does that? I don't want that because, man, I'm going to look silly or I don't want, listen, we're going to read at the end today that 1 Corinthians 14 talks about the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, that all of these gifts that we have are subject to our participation in them, right? So we have control. It's kind of segueing that into this talk real quick about self-control. Over our mouths, we have over control over our bodies if we want to. And so it's very, very important that we operate with this, with self-control in all that we do, in spiritual gifts and everything that we do, because this is yet another one of those characteristics of God that kind of goes a little contrary to the stream of our culture that almost says indulge in whatever you want, you deserve it. You know, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want, watch whatever you want, listen to whatever you want, go after those passions and go after those things. And yet one of the fruits of who God is, is this idea of being able to control. And that, that Greek word means like dominance or mastery. So it's like a mastery or, do, or uh, um, dominate like be yourself to be able to control yourself anyone struggle we all struggle with self-control in some area right come on now Albert, I, I just started thinking about that okay lord where am i struggling at because i know i definitely have some of those spots whether it's you know oh man oh man that dessert's got me you know what i'm saying like or that pizza or you know that mouth that's when i struggle with a little bit <laughs> diane i think we're on the same we're on the same wavelength <laughs> sometimes we have that uh I know, we've made eye contact. We made eye contact. I know, me and her, we, we're ready to go. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, why did I say that out loud? <laughs> but what, whatever it may be, 
like recognizing that God designed us to not have every indulgence, just us as we run after, right? When we begin to do that, it beca- it, they, those things control us. So may, whether it's Netflix or um, an attraction to someone that's other than your spouse, like those things, ha- man, what if I don't have self-control? I bet Larissa's happy that I practice some self-control there, right? Or a lot of self-control there, not some. That sounded bad. Whoops. It was a daisy. A lot of self-control there. <laughs> she just shakes her head. I'm glad you practice self-control there, babe. At least that I know of. Sorry. That was another. That was a, that was, all right, reel it back in, John. <laughs> One of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 15. 2528 that says a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. I remember reading that 10, 15, 20 years ago and going, whoa. Like this idea that in antiquity, if you didn't have walls around your city, you are absolutely vulnerable to attack. Like you might have some kind of defense force, but you're probably going down if there's a powerful, any kind of an army that comes against you. And the proverbian writer saying like, listen, whenever we don't practice self-control and we just kind of indulge any, you know, lust of the flesh or anything that our eyes see or whatever that may be, then we're basically completely vulnerable to the enemy just, just taking us down <laughs> however he wants to. And one of the, my favorite practices that helps me is practicing fasting. Like fasting does a lot of really powerful things in our lives, but I think one thing that, that the regular practice of fasting regularly helps me to kind of tell my flesh and my desires, you know what, I don't have to do that. And so when we do things like that to regularly add, add that practice into our life, we can, we can grow. We can grow in that area. Don't just say, well, it's done, or man, I'm real good, or I'm just real bad at that. No one just is all of a sudden real good. Maybe all of a sudden we're real bad. Maybe that's how we, we struggle with that. But it takes time. It takes practice. It takes us learning in the process and, and, and being um, gracious to yourself as you're in that process, right? I love that. I love the, the, the image that shows the world. You ever had someone that just practices self-control in the area and you just kind of marvel? You're like, dang, you're good at that. I love it. And the, one of the things is that sometimes we just look at self-control as the, neg- the don'ts. Like, I don't do this, I don't do this. There's, an, there's an, an aspect of it that's huge that we often forget that we can, can do. It's like really tied, I believe, into discipline. Like, if, you, if, you str- if you're like, man, I wish I was praying more, well, then... Develop self-control in, in your prayer life. I really wish I was more intentional about serving. Well, develop that discipline in your life. Ask the Lord and work with him, and you will grow in it, right? Lord, help us to see those areas in our life, both the positive and negative aspects of that, so that we can continue to grow in you and show the world your fruit, Lord. So good. That's a tough one, though, isn't it? That can be a tough one. Uh, that can be a tough one. I guess ever since Adam and Eve saw that fruit, it's, gonna, it's something that has nipped at our heels, uh, that self, selfishness that wants to come in. We can do it. We can control it. All right. I'm actually going to be in 1 Corinthians 12. Those were the fruits of the Spirit. I'm going to end. We're going to end the gifts. And at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 27, 28, most of these we've talked about. But there's a couple that we've talked about or, yeah, I think we've talked about. Because depending on your translation, 
sometimes the words are doubled up, but they weren't the same. I'll, let's just go there. Let me point out two, two gifts that we've hit on, but maybe not as hard as we should, aspects of it. So we talk about prophets and teachers and all these things that he, that he mentions. But forms of assistance. Ooh, let me put, pull that away a little bit. Forms of assistance or helps. What does y'all's translation say? Either one of those or neither one of those. What? Helping, yeah. That, that word means to come alongside, relief, aid. I think it probably is tied into that servant type, to that servant gift. But what I think is so powerful about this, you see, God created some of us to be very gifted kind of pioneers, right? Like, let's go, and, and I've got this, like, this leadership gift, and we're going to run, and we're, we're going to run and do these things. And for some of us, that just terrifies us. Like, we're like, oh, my gosh, don't make me make those big decisions. Anyone else can hit, hit on that, huh? Yeah. Matt's chuckling over there. He can make them, but he doesn't like them. He doesn't like to. <laughs> I don't prefer it, but I can do it when I need to. But do you know that most of these people that you see, and oftentimes those types of people are kind of in the spotlight, whether they want to be or not, because they're kind of leading the way. But when I look through the course of history and I read about some of these men and women that kind of had that spotlight of getting communities and groups of people going and stuff, almost every single one of them, I'm sure every single one of them, had at least some person that was super gifted in the gift of helps right alongside them. They couldn't have done it. Right? I mean, when you read about Paul, you see Timothy and you see uh, all kinds of Paulus. You see all these different people, and some of them are kind of leading the way too, but all these people that are right alongside them that can say, you know what? I see that this is the direction God's leading, and I'm just going to help you. How can I help you? And some of you, that you really connect to that. And some may be like, man, I don't know what my gift is, and I don't know or what my gifts are, but like, you are an incredible helper. Like, you are an incredible servant. I think many of us probably can, even in our minds, go, there's probably someone in your life that you can go, I know they've got that gift. It's the first person you're going to call when your lawnmower breaks or something happens. And you know, you try not to, but you know they'll be there. Ryan's turned into that for me right now. He's like, God, John calls me yet again. Ryan and Matt over there, I know I'm call those guys. They're going to help me out. Got another hole in my wall, Ryan. My pipe burst. Yeah, I'll be over there. But like, it's, it's, the body doesn't operate without people operating in that gift. The body does not reach its fullness. If you think, well, I just have, I can just serve people. That's what Mother Teresa did. She, she made a little impact on this world. You think? Maybe just a little. Rejoice in that gift. As, I, as we kind of close this, I want us to continue, and I'll give some practical thoughts, but how can you fan that into flame? How can you practice it? God is not just going to, most of the time, zap you. And you're going to go, whoa, oh God, I've got it. It's going to be, will you submit to what he's doing in your life and steward it and practice it? Will you have self-control with the gifts and learn how to grow in the gifts that God's given you? The next one, my translation says forms of leadership, but that's actually a different word in the Greek than when he's talked about leadership in the past. Many will say administration. And I like that because See, they're going to be those people that have the prophetic words or the prophetic unction that God's calling us to this area. You'll have the apostle-type folks that are equipping the church to, to be sent, to, to, to do what God's calling us to do. You'll have the, you know, the pastors that are there, the pastor-teachers to help. But you'll have, there are people that have administrative gifts 
that as the, as it's moving along, like you're helping going, hey, you should you could be here, you could be here, I can delegate this here. And I think this is powerful because I think a lot of people do this in the workplace. And then when we get to the church, we're like, well, because maybe we've never talked about how awesome that gift is, <laughs> how needed a gift of administration is in the church. Lord, I don't excel in this gift. Thank God for the Gregson stuff out there. That can, and my wife, thank you, Larissa, for helping me with that. That people that can, that can help, that kind of lead the way in, in, in helping us organize things and do things a little bit, a lot of bit better. You know, uh, Lauren, we were talking uh, on Wednesday night, and I just thought it really hit me when I was thinking about even the gift of administration. But she was like, we were talking about different gifts, and she's like, hey, you know, I didn't recognize, but this, she had talked about one of the gifts, say, I'm really doing this a lot at my work. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in like this like supernatural, mystical, like, you know, the kind of idea of spiritual gifts that we don't recognize, hey, I'm pretty darn good at this. This is what I've been doing in my job for a long time and going, oh, well, maybe God's given me that. That's, that happened to me. There were a couple times in my life where it hit me, where I was like, oh, man, I've been doing this for 10 years. Why am I not doing this with my brothers and sisters? Why am I not operating this in community with one? Why am I not using that gift that God's given me with, in the community? Well, I didn't realize that God might actually want to use that. <laughs> so some of you may have administrative gifts, man. You are a great administrator at your job, but within the body, you're like, well, and if you don't know how to express that gift, well, come talk to, to me, to, to the shepherds, to whomever. Like, let people know. Like, you know, I think I have this gift, and I don't think I'm using it, but I'm not sure how to operate in it here. We're, I, I promise you we're not going to say, well, we'll just pray for you. If we do that, you can, never, you can do something. Never mind, I'm going to say something I shouldn't say. <clears throat> but Paul goes on at the end of this to go on to say, like, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, you know, do all interpret. Recognizing, again, though we've said it a lot, everyone doesn't have the same gift. And there's an honoring of one another, and there's a leaning on one another that we have to have. I've said it before, I'll say it again, we cannot show the world the full mature body of Christ without this. And you may be the, that piece of the role that we've been missing to really accelerate what God wants to do. And that's an encouragement. Don't get mad. Don't look at, the, look at the hand and go, I'm not a hand. I'm not that. I really want to. I'm, so I'm just not going to be part of the body. But yet excel at the gifts that God's given you. We have to do. I, just, I'm, it just, oh, I love it. I love it. I want to end this conversation about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. If you turn over to 26. We read almost all of 12. All of 13, I think, and almost all of 14. So I would encourage you to have some practice that self-control and even go this week and like read over 1, 12, 13, and 14 as we've been talking about this and, and dive in. Because I usually don't, I usually try to go over every single part and I've not purposely missed over any. I'm just trying to not have this series go like, I feel like, it, I feel like it's a good, Good, good landing spot and for us to and a launch spot at the same time, which I'll talk about after we're done with this. Contextually, we're going to end with Paul having this idea of what happens when we gather together in a scenario like this. What happens when the community of faith comes together? How do we operate? And last week we talked about where he was, again, talking about tongues and talking about prophecy and all these things, and it's all for the building up. 
And then he says in verse 26, it's, I love this, what should be done then, friends? So what should we do? You've, told, you know, you've talked about what we shouldn't do here and there. Oh, maybe I should do this with prophecy or tongues. But overall, what, what should be done? When you come together, each one, each one, right, has a hymn, has a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. We've, I don't like to constantly talk negative about the church culture that exists in America because there's some really good things that God's doing. But there's also places of growth, so it's good. Greg, you know how to be a crit- critic, right? I mean, you can look at those points and go, we can grow here, we can grow there. But one place that we can grow is that we have developed a system where you have the elite two or three that do all of this. And yet Paul is like saying, hey, everyone comes with something. Like, you know what this doesn't say? Also, I read, when you, when you come together, you, you will receive a word. When you come together, you will hear great preaching. When you come together, you're going to have great kids' ministry for your kids. He doesn't even talk about what they're going to receive. He talks about what you come ready to give. And that is huge. See, we've developed a culture because of, just to be frank, competition in our culture. The more people in your seats, the better, more, better church you have, right? I mean, that's just basically what, the way it, most people view it. If I tell you know, someone how many we have and someone goes, my church has a thousand, someone's going to assume they're more successful. I mean, that's just the reality of things. And in so doing, what we've created is this culture where we kind of have to appease the people to get the most amount of people to come in as possible. And so what's happened is many of us have grown up in a church culture where all we know is how to receive, which is we have a lot of language that's like, I'm not getting fed or I didn't get fed. And I'm not saying that all that's bad. But when Paul has this picture of the church going, when you gather together, come ready to give. Come ready to participate in what God is doing. And it doesn't mean that everyone gets on the mic and some of you are going, Lord Jesus, I don't want this service to get any longer. If everyone here spoke, we'd be here till four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and it doesn't always mean that, but it may mean, and, and this is very practical, like on your drive in or throughout the week, and don't just limit this to Sunday morning, please. <laughs> Do this throughout the week. But even as you're coming, like, God, is there something that you have for me to give? And it may simply be something like God puts someone on your mind and you just go give them a hug and say, I've been thinking about you this week. And they may be like, wow, that's really encouraging. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, it doesn't have to be some great, big, huge thing. But when we come together, asking the Holy Spirit, who is in charge of these gifts and who is in charge of the church, who is leading and guiding the church and these gatherings that we have, Asking God, what do you have? What do you have? Is there something that you have for me to bring? It talks about a hymn. Lord knows there's been multiple times I've said, hey, Matt, can we sing this song, please? And let me tell you, sometimes he's been like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. I, still, I, got, I got one real good one I'm waiting for him to do. <laughs> it's okay. I, this is why I say it. If you have it and they're, 
Sometimes it's not a good fit for like the instruments that we have or it's not great acapella song or we have to really rework it to make it like that. And so don't be offended if you bring something and they're just like, mm, it doesn't really, I'm just going to go to another church. I stepped out, I decided we're going to do this song and you know, they just didn't do it. So I'm going to go to, you know, so-and-so. I bet North Boulevard would do it if I brought it to them. <laughs> That was good. That was good. If you're on Zoom, I think Megan said, no, they won't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but Lord, what do you have as teaching, you know? What do you have as a teaching for the body? What do you have as, it can be, it, I mean, I'm telling you, I am blessed by people like Ben who come up to me after I teach or something, always has like this little, something that gets my noodle going or me and Bruce will talk about something like we did and I'm like, huh? You know, and like, it's great. Like, what do you have? What is, God, what is God bubbling in you so that you can release to us? And that's why it says, let all things be done for the building up. Like, us constantly, us constantly stretching each other. That's really it. Like, I, the church gets so stale so easy. Well, no, like us, we should be, like, encouraging each other. You know, really good, you know, sports teams have that accountability within the team. And they're pushing each other. Like, why? Because we can continue to grow. They've developed a culture of building one another up, getting the best out of each other. 27 says, if anyone, we've kind of already talked about this, but if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be only two or at the most three, and each in turn let, <clears throat> and each in turn let one interpret. But if there's no one to interpret, let them be silent in the church and speak to themselves and to God. We've talked about that a little bit. But, you know, one of the phrases that I think is really important, actually, I'm going to keep going. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is being said. When we talked about prophecy, you know, um, I had a conversation, or I've been talking about it, but, you know, several weeks ago, I encouraged us to not despise it, not to quench the spirit, to not go, well, you know, I just don't like that. Or I've heard, I'm tired of hearing, you know, the words of prophecy that don't come true. I've heard plenty of them. And I'm just, I don't know about that. Paul gives place right here to say, as you gather together, if God's put something on your heart, then let two or three, or two or three speak. And he says the same thing about speaking in tongues, but a couple points I want to make. One is it's done in order. Like Paul's like, it's, it's not supposed to be chaotic. It's supposed to be like, I'm, I've got something and Ben stands up and says something and Bethany says something and you're like, what the heck is going on? I've been in services like that and you're, I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I'm kind of confused. But also there's that word that says, let them be silent. And you know, Diane, I thought about this. Sometimes we just have to learn, like if we've come to hear from God, and that's a big part of why we gather and to do what he calls us to do. Sometimes the biggest thing we can do sometimes is just shush. Has anyone ever, <laughs> like, like where, like if God is speaking powerfully through someone, you ever, you know those people that just want to always give their opinion. We don't have anyone like that, you know. We're actually pretty good, but we all have those people in our lives. And sometimes those people need to learn how to, hey, I think God spoke. You don't need to give your commentary on what he said. See, for some of us, the idea of being silenced is no problem, right, Larissa? Because she doesn't speak a whole lot. And there needs to be an encouragement to go, hey, you have a lot of great things to say. You should say them. But for some of us, nah, I don't know. Maybe we could do a little bit better. But even I thought of, even as we speak, thinking about this whole idea of really just hearing from God what he has to say, 
I'll give an, I've said this last week, I think, but there's an encouragement that we speak what God gives us and don't just keep rambling. You're right? I know. Because you know what happens? People forget what you're actually trying to say. Because you just keep, you were going down this trail and this trail and that trail, and I'm telling this story that's not super related to what I'm trying to say here and this story over here. And by the time you're done talking, someone's like, I have no idea why John just got up. <laughs> Listen to the Spirit and learn how to just, all right, that's what God said. It's good. You can go sit down now. It's, it's very powerful. And then it says, let others weigh what is said when the, when the prophetic people speak. Never see this hardly in operation in a gathering like this. And I would love to see us become more mature and willing to, if someone says, I've got this word, maybe even open up and go, hey, y'all, let's take a few moments and listen and weigh whether we feel like this is from the, whether this is from the Lord and see if there's any, you know, man, yeah, I really think that conviction that I really think it is. And if not, maybe be willing to say something about it. I know, like that makes us nervous, right? But if we're willing to release words, God says you need to be willing to submit them to your brothers and sisters weighing whether it's from God or not. I mean, there's this culture that says, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this word, I'm going to do this thing, and you better not, you know, you better not tell me that I didn't hear it from God and stuff, but that doesn't, it's not what Paul's telling the Corinthians. He's saying you listen together. And here's the cool thing. If we take our, like, egos and our pride out of it, this is how we grow in the prophetic. Like, I, I, rest, I thought about this a lot this week, that we read through, like, even the Old Testament, and you look at people like Samuel. Who did Samuel have? He had Eli. If Samuel didn't have Eli, Samuel wouldn't have learned how to go hear from God. Like, he's like, huh, what, what is that? What's going on? He's like, go listen. You know, Elisha had Elijah. Like, we picture the prophets as like being these people that God zaps and they all of a sudden know how to hear from God great and they all of a sudden are speaking words. But then you recognize when you read through scripture, many of them we see they had men and women who, are, who were like coaching them along that helped them hear God's voice, that helped them fine tune the way they're hearing and the way they speak it. And that's what Paul's saying the church should do. So we shouldn't, you know, when someone gives a word, we shouldn't get all been out of shape if someone goes, I'm not sure if that's from the Lord. Because what we have, we either have no prophecy or the Wild West in the church. I'm just being real, where no one, no one says anything to, to help and to build one another up and to go, well, you know, or that really, I mean, I just really felt that was from the Lord. And, and that's so, like, then you'd be like, all right, cool. Like, we, if, we, if we can submit ourselves to another and do that, we are going to grow. We're going to grow tremendously. Uh, like, just practically, like even this week, so I'm doing real estate now, and I went on Saturday to uh, talk to a lady about listing her home. And so I'd looked at all the comparable homes and all this kind of stuff, and, I'm, and I have a mentor, and she's over there, which is always great. Don't you love when you're doing something and someone who's been doing it a lot longer than you gets to evaluate how well you're doing? I just love that. But if they're doing it in love, it's a great thing. And if they're doing, and, and so after we're done, this is one of the reasons I want to use it. This is why we debrief. We're trying to grow in debriefing. After we're done, we get on the phone and we have a debrief. Hey, what did you do well? What do you think went well? What are some areas? And I'm asking, like, all right, what are some areas that I can grow in? I don't love it. You know, at first you're like, man, okay, shoot, I screwed that up. I screwed that up. But guess what? Without that, I'm probably not going to grow. Without them going, wow, you did great. You know, maybe I would tweak this here or have you thought about you know, you know, like I, I, 
you know, doing, uh, sharing this for the first time, when you're doing something for the first time, oftentimes um, you just got to get it out and like learning how to be a better listener and slow down. Like the first time I preached, <laughs> you know, I wasn't really super nervous yesterday, but I'm just saying like, you just, and like, yeah, that's great. I need to do that. And I'll do that with time. And let me, you know what I mean? Like, but it's great to have someone share that and share that type of feedback with you. And so I segue that into, we need to do this with the gifts of the spirit. Like if we're going to continue to grow in the gifts of the spirit, create places and create friendships and create things where we can encourage one another and we can bounce things off one another and we can grow with one another in that. I think we're all good here. I mean, he goes on, I'll finish, uh, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And then it has the line that I mentioned earlier, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So he's got, our gatherings are not to be all crazy and all this kind of stuff, like that, that we don't understand what's happening, but that we have peace. And so a couple practical things that we want to do with spiritual gifts is uh, this next weekend is Memorial Day, so it's probably a bad weekend to do anything. But within the next two or three weeks, we're going to have a night where we get together. And depending on how many people, we might divide up into small groups because we want this to be conversational. We want to be able to share, but be able to sit down and just kind of share. I I feel like these are some of my gifts. What do you all think? Can we pray about that? Or we have to be vulnerable if we want to grow. We got to get past this like, oh man, if I go and I don't say I have a spiritual gift, then, then people are going to think that I'm not as spiritual. Actually, that's, that's pretty mature to be able to admit that you're struggling to understand or to know. And by the way, I don't think this is an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts, by the way. I don't know. Who knows? I think through of like when they built the temple and how the artisans had been gifted by the spirit with that and the buildings and different things. Like I think that there's different other gifts that God has. So anyways, I just say that to say, don't freak out and stress out and be like, I don't know. I don't know if I have that gift or I don't know if I have this. This is just us learning how to cooperate with what the spirit's doing in our lives for the building up of the body and reaching people. It's it's really that simple. The reason that I'm going through this list is just to kind of help us go, oh, I didn't think about administration before. Cool, maybe, that's, that, maybe I actually have that. You know, I have that gift. So we're going to get together, and we'll be able to share those things. We want to pray over each other. Paul says, fan into flame the gift that I've given you by the laying on of my hands, as he said that to Timothy. Like, there is this precedent for us as a church to lay hands on each other, and if you don't know what your gift is, God, we pray that, that, that they would receive whatever gifts you have, or there would be a revelation of the gifts that you've already planted in their lives, and pray over one another. Does that, does that sound exciting? I hope it does. So we're going to, I'll... When we figure out the date, we'll let everybody know so we can participate in that. Also, I'm working on uh, finding like a spiritual gift test that if anyone wants to take, they can. So tests can be good or, uh, those tests can be good or bad. Sometimes it's just a novelty, just to, well, look what I have. And then we don't do anything with it. You just wasted your time. But if you're like really trying to pray through God, what are some of the gifts to know like, oh, if I do this or that, then maybe I am stronger in this. It has to be with prayer. The test isn't going to be the end all be all, but us thinking through and, and asking our spouses and people around us. Uh, I'll have Larissa when I just I need to look at some of them. I've got some, but I haven't taken them. Uh, I'll send that out too. And you could have that prior to our night and say, hey, I'm going to bring this print out and this is what it's saying. What do y'all think about that? All right. And another thing, the last thing that I thought about the Lord really hit heavy on my heart this morning, was that 
the men and women that I've seen in my life that excel in certain gifts, you guys, you guys know that, right? Like they're just excellent teachers or there's amazing pastoral hearts or they just, man, they just hear God's voice. I, I just, they just do. When I reflected on those types of people who are excelling at these almost, no, every single time there was a point in their life where they weren't. And they said, hey, there's somebody that's really good at that gift and I'm going to go attach myself to them. I'm going to say, I, <laughs> I'm telling you every time, every time. And I felt like that, that was really strong on my heart and the Lord kind of brought some conviction in some areas of my life of some gifts that I want to operate in better. And like we all to grow, we need someone that's operating a coach type person or something in our life to help to do that. So that's an encouragement. So if you're like, man, you know, I think I have the gift of servanthood. Go find someone who's amazing and say, I'm, I just want to be with you. Can I hang out with you? <laughs> I see that gift in your life and I want to grow. Can we have coffee? You know, and I'm telling you, these type of people that have excel, I'm telling you, I hear all these crazy stories. Like they're just like, the person's like, I'm going to the grocery store. Like, can I go with you? Like, I'm going to get, I want to grow in this gift. I want to go for it. Be around people who excel in those gifts so that you can grow. You know, even in the, in the business world, uh, some of my best friends that have done the best in business, and you would think, wow, you've done great. They have coaches to help them. They recognize that we always can grow. We always can grow. No matter how great we think we are at something. I mean, why do athletes hire coaches when they're at the top of their game? Because they can learn from them. Whenever we get too arrogant and think that we've got it all together, that's not good. And so pray about that. Ask God to reveal people. And if you don't know, ask around. Say, you know what? I really feel like I'm pretty good at this. I'm not sure who here. Or do you know someone who is just, I mean, excellent in this particular gift? Go for it. Go for it. Run after it. And let's do it as a, as a community. All right, Father, Lord, um, this has been such a, such a wonderful Thing to sit, the, the spiritual gift to sit back and reflect on and, and the fruit of the Spirit to go right alongside that, Lord. I just, I thank you for all that you're revealing. I thank you for all that you're stirring up. I thank you for the conversations that's being had. I thank you for the people in this room that are leading, but maybe everyone doesn't see it, that are serving and everyone doesn't see it, that are helping encourage the body in this aspect that maybe because they're not in front of everyone, we don't see it. God, I ask that you would continue to stir that up I ask, Father, that you would continue to help us to become vulnerable with one another, that you would help us to become honest with one another. Lord, your word even says, confess your sins one to another. Lord, we have gotten away from this intimate body life, and I pray that we would grow in that so that we can build one another up and show the world the mature body of Christ by us operating and revealing your heart and your gifts and your fruit to, to one another and to this community right here, Lord, whether we're at Mitchell Nielsen or or wherever we, wherever we may be, Father. I, I just thank you for that. I ask that you would continue to give us, Holy Spirit, guidance in how to excel at this and how that, to not make this something we learned a year ago and forgot about, but, Lord, that we would really grow, that we would have self-control, we would practice, that we would steward well the things that you've given every single one of us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.